What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Literature Amplified. I am so ready today to d- dive in to Black Buck by Mateo. I'm gonna butcher this last name. Don't kill me, Mateo Askarapar. So, um, this book, I mean, I can't even put it into one word, to be honest. It was so out there but real at the same time it's just one of those ones that you just have to trust and believe that you are going to get something out of it whether it's a negative or a positive feeling you need to read this book so I have to apologize because I get a little overhyped in this book because there were a few things that happened that were just reminded me of a lot of things that I've experienced in my short time working Um, with other people especially in working in environments where it's not very diverse in any culture not just black culture but any type of other culture besides white Um, but today discussing this book with me um, she is amazing on Instagram her Instagram is never underscore without a underscore book Um, I will link it in my Instagram post and on Spotify and wherever else you're listening to this podcast today and um we just go into this book um i chat with her a little bit about what she thought and everything she also has her own podcast called ebony musings i will also tag that as well it's an incredible podcast and definitely give her a follow on instagram her feed is extremely gorgeous she focuses on highlighting underrepresented voices in literature and she makes the best recommendations for books so Don't go anywhere, stay with us, and listen in on this episode. Sometimes we are finished with the book, but the book isn't finished with us. I'm your host, Ashley Muzan, a lover of books and the impact they can have on our life. Literature Amplified will dive deep into books of all genres while highlighting major themes and more. Whether you are an avid or casual reader, explore with me and the conversations that arise may surprise you. Kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Without giving anything away, what did you think about the book Black Book? Um, my first, okay, when I first started it, um, I'm a big, I don't wanna say I'm a big fan of satire. I'm afraid of satire. Um, It's one of those things where it's gonna be a hit or miss, and as I started to read Black Buck, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, I actually um, really enjoyed it. It, it took me to a, a where I didn't expect it was going to take me. Right. So isn't that, that's what was so interesting about the book is that like, you know, you read the dust jacket cover or whatever, and you're just like, okay, you know, it seems pretty straightforward, but it takes you like on some crazy roller coaster. And you're just like, wait, what is like in the middle of the book? I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, what, what is going on? Have you ever seen um, that movie Wolf of Wall Street? Yes. Yeah. Didn't it kind of feel like that at first? That's, like when the. <laughs> that's the vibe that I got from it. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then it's crazy, though, because when I was done with the book, I went back and I read, uh, watched the movie and I was like, yep is it right here right and it's like I guess if people um have seen the movie whoever's listening has seen that movie they'll get it right off the bat because that that movie like the office environment that he created was 
absolutely like insane. I couldn't even imagine that being, it just seemed so far off. It didn't even seem realistic. And that's what the book was like in certain parts. Like when he entered someone, um, the startup company, it was just like, what is going, like, why would anybody sign up for this? Right. So um, I also love the little snippets where he spoke directly to you and he had you addressed as reader and he would give out like these little nuggets of advice. Like, what did you think about those throughout the story? I honestly love them. I actually wrote them down and <laughs> hopefully, you know, I want to be able to use them because I found them very helpful. And mm-hmm. I like it when writers do that, where it's like, to me, I felt like I was in a movie where you know how the character look at the camera and they start talking to the camera so you know they're talking to you. Right. That's how I felt. He gave me the sense of he was looking at me, he was talking to me, and he was giving me advice. And I love that. I love right. it. I just think, have you, um, I've been keeping tabs with the author a lot because he's just so like in the mix of everything and he's very um, responsive to his readers. So like, have you seen him like talk on like anything like an Instagram live or on a talk show yet? Um, actually, I was right before we started recording, he's actually on um, Instagram live with um, Achilles from um, A Black Man Reading. And oh, nice. I'm just like listening to them discuss and I'm like, yes, yes. And like, <laughs> Mateo is freaking awesome. Like he's over there and he's preaching and he's giving me goosebumps. I was like, gosh, I love this guy. He's absolutely amazing. So yeah, he's a great speaker, very knowledgeable. He loves the community. He loves his black people. I mean, totally awesome guy. Right. And I just, I feel like he's just very like for the, some of the authors that I have met in person, they were very down to earth and he's for him to be a new author stepping into this space, especially during a pandemic, like it must be kind of like weird having all these zoom calls and things like that. So I couldn't imagine like him just doing all this, but also wanting to be so responsive to his readers. Like that was very different for me because normally you have an author that comes out, whether they're very, very successful, they've had a lot of books or they're new like him. And they're kind of like, not shy, but they don't really respond to a lot of readers. Like if a reader's like, oh, I love your book. Like they won't say like, oh, thank you. Like they'll just kind of be like, thanks to my readers out there. Thanks, you guys are awesome. And you're just like, okay, cool. But he's like very like communicative through social media. And I love that about him. Yeah, I love the fact that he's really trying trying to connect to the people in the community. Right. And he's also what I love about him is that I don't know, I think it was Good Day America, one of those morning shows where um, he actually had a few people ask him some questions that were like in the audience, like virtually. And one of them asked, they said, you know, why would somebody like Darren, and this was a white woman asking him this, she said, you know, I read this book to get more um, into the black experience to understand it. And I don't understand why if he was so smart and he was the top of his class and everything like that at a really good school in Brooklyn, I think it was, why would he just work at Starbucks? Like, why is he, um, why would he do something like that? And he answered me, if I was a writer and I got that kind of question, I'd be so nervous. Like I didn't write the book. I would be so nervous. And he just answered it very directly and said something like, oh, you know, he did feel fulfilled. Like that was his fulfillment was helping other people. I was like, kudos to him. Yeah, for shutting her down like that because it was kind of like a silly question I was like how did you not understand like if you read the book how did you not understand like that he felt fulfilled doing that type of job like there's nothing wrong people look at that as bad like there's nothing wrong with working at Starbucks right like what is wrong with that like she came across as like I don't know I don't want to say privileged because I feel like maybe that wasn't her intention but 
it's just like she came across kind of like arrogant about it like what do you mean why can't he feel for, fulfilled at starbucks like he that's what he wanted to do he helped people mm-hmm. Mateo it was has made it, yeah Mateo has made it very clear that he wrote this book for black people right simple as that so I like the fact that he was able to shut her down. And I love the fact that he continues to, um, I don't want to say preach that, but like put that out in the world. Look, I wrote this book for my people. I want everybody to read it, but I wrote this book for my people. So I love him for that. Right. And he's just like, I, when he said it so confidently, I was like, wow, you know, I think, you know, she asked that question and he responded so well. And like, he didn't come across as like, what do you mean? Like he didn't come across any type of way about it. He just answered it very calmly and like collected. (laughs) And I was like, wow, that is like insane. Like how like nice he just comes across. I was like, I hope that one day, like we can get back to a point where we can meet authors in person because he would be the first person that I would want to meet and get my book signed by him. Yes, absolutely. So what did you think about like the different characters that made up Darren, the main character, like his community? What did you think about those characters? I loved them. I thought they all fit and I thought it all worked. Right. Um, It was just how he wrote those characters. It just, I don't know, it just fit like a glove. It, It just, it was smooth. Right. I agree with you. I think it it definitely like reminded me of I don't know if you've seen like Spike Lee's do the right thing. Yes. Yeah. So like where he had like the older people in the community, um, how they were just like giving out advice and they were always there for like the younger people that were coming up. I was like, wow, this really gives me that like feel of like, you know, bed like, OK, he's got he's got Wally Cat on the corner. He can talk to even though he's a little crazy and out there. He definitely right. gave him some like really good advice, even though it was told in a very unorthodox <laughs> type right. of way. It was it was really good advice. And like like you said, I was writing some th- things down, too, because like this book spoke like a lot of good little nuggets of wisdom that I was like really shocked I don't think I've ever gotten that much out of one book especially fiction right it just felt so real and then when you hear about the author's experience just in sales and just in general life I feel like a lot of this book came from that stuff even if he made it up like I feel like he had some truth to draw off of to make these types of characters yeah he actually said in the live that um the experience he's he experienced that that's his that's what he's experienced and that's how he was able to write that the other stuff was just research and just from other books but like right I love the fact that I related to him because it's like I've been there I've been there I'm probably there now you know what I mean so it's like (laughs) there was such a connection that he took his own experience and put it into this work of fiction but I felt it Right. Me too. I definitely agree with you there. And then what did you think in particular about his best friend, Jason? I love Jason. I was kind of mad at Jason though. I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but I was kind of, I was a little upset at Jason. He got a little, you know, he had his little moment and I was just like, Jason, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because I just tend to, I go for those weird or non liked characters. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, something about Jason, I was just like, yeah, I don't, what you're doing is not right, but I like you though. <laughs> right, <laughs> you're like, okay, I can relate, I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, okay, let's get back to talking about someone, the company that Darren found himself working for. So, okay, we talked a little bit about like the environment and how crazy it was and everything else. Like, 
What do you think about the environment of him being the only black person in that? Have you experienced that like personally? Yes. Yeah. I experienced that as a black person. I experienced that as a black woman. I work in technology myself. I've been oh, in okay. the industry for 13 years now. Mm-hmm. And for nine and a half years, the department that I was in, I was the only black person and I was the only female. I got bypassed for um, promotions, although I deserved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was overlooked for overlooked for um, special projects that would like put me up there to be noticed by the big wigs. Um, I was pretty much put in the back seat for a really long time, and I fought and fought and fought to get in the front because I deserved to sit in the front with everybody else, right? right. College educated. Um, I've got training. I'm certified. Why am I in the back? While Susie Lou over here, who is fresh in the industry, who has no certification, is getting all these opportunities, and she's a white girl. Like, what? Right. So, yes, I related to that a lot. Um, I did get a little bit emotional about that because it's like, that's me. He's telling my story. Like, I've, I've gone through that. So, right. yeah. Yeah, I totally understand. Like, I, I have been like, in that kind of predicament, but not necessarily for that long. So, I mean, you know, I can't imagine dealing with it for almost 10 years. Like, that's a really long time. I had a little bit of it in high school where, you know, we obviously Blacks and Spanish people were the minority minority in a predominantly like white school district. You didn't, I didn't see one Black teacher in that school district ever. I think I went there for eighth grade all the way up until I graduated and there was never a black teacher at all. And like, so, and with the black kids, some of the black kids, if you weren't well off, you couldn't even like mesh well with them either because it was like, well, you know, my dad doesn't drive this type of car. So, you know, I can't hang out with those types of people. But in the work environment specifically, I had this issue last year where I was, um, in an office environment at an elementary school and I was the only black employee. We had a black librarian who was a younger lady and she was really nice, but with her being a librarian, they don't stay in the school. They, an elementary and middle school level, you know, they switch around the school so that they can provide their services to each school. So you didn't really see her very often. And then the other black employee that was there, she was like a behavioral health specialist. So she wasn't there really to work with people she kind of just came there to do her meetings and that was it so again you have somebody who's not really there in the office who's not really a presence to the kids so when people saw me you know I have a young face and it's like a blessing and a curse because I had a lot of people come up to me I'm I'll be 27 in two months I had a lot of people come to me and say oh is this your first job I was like are you (laughs) really (laughs) I was like does like do I look I mean I know I look young but like is this just because like you know it makes you think like okay is this just because I'm black would they say this to a white person like would she get that type of treatment or would they just assume that she knows what she's doing right it's just kind of like a hey um I had I'll never forget that one lady that said like oh yeah you know um oh is this your first job like this is this is really good job for you and I was like um no this is not my first job I've been to Iraq before so no this is not my first job but thank you for pointing that out I appreciate it or when people say oh you have oh my god you're married I was like did you think I wore this ring jewelry (laughs) like it's not this is a real ring (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's just like one of those things where it's just like, why do you get these questions? Like, what is this about? And then it almost makes you think like, okay, do they question like my intelligence? Like, do they think like I'm young and stupid? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. So it's just one of those. And I had a very specific incident where you know, with there not being a lot of black or just any diversity in the school at all, there was a, a little Asian boy that um, was sick and his parents brought him into school and they knew he was sick, but they dropped him off anyway. So I was like, okay, he didn't even make it to the classroom. He threw up in the hallway. So yeah, poor guy, <laughs> he had to come to school, throw up in front of everybody. And then he was brought back down to the nurse's office. So I was like, oh, yeah. And then he started throwing up in the office. I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah. So it was really gross. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And then um, one of the ladies that I worked with, she's a white lady. She came in and she said, oh, no, what's wrong with him? Because she um, knew him from her science class. I said, oh, his parents brought him in. You know, he said he was complaining about his stomach hurting, but he threw up anyway. So now he's got to go back home. And I said, yeah, it was gross. And she said, oh, yeah, that looks nasty. Because she saw it, like, because he threw up in the office. And she was like, yeah, it looks horrible. And she's like, probably some weird Asian food that he ate. I was like, really? Really? Like, you just look, I looked at her and I said, um, it probably was maybe Gatorade. You ever think of that? And then she was like, oh, yeah, that's true. It could have been Gatorade. Oh my God. Like, why would you say that? It's just like. You look at people and you're just like, did you hear what just came out of your mouth or do you just not care? Right. And it's like, it just makes you wonder like, okay, is that because they don't care to, about other people and like what that may come across as to them? Or is it just because there's just not enough diversity in the work environment for them to care? So I feel like that's what Darren dealt with a lot throughout the story was just like, people didn't really understand internally what he was dealing with. And then how the other two and of course I'm forgetting their names um the two that worked with him and that were onboarded with him you know the one guy I think his name was Clyde that was giving him all the crap the whole time they didn't really think anything of it and they weren't even getting treated the same way and they didn't even care like they were just like oh what it's whatever we all get treated like this and it's like no he's no. getting treated worse right because he's black and you guys are white and you have no experience just like he does but they're getting treated a little bit better than everybody. I thought that was just, I mean, like, I just, I didn't like that in the book at all. I, <laughs> I thought, I mean, I can't speak for everybody's experience. Like, obviously me and you've had different experiences, but it's just like, I fortunately have not had to experience that level of discrimination, like within the workforce. So I kind of get like him writing this book. I was like, you know, there probably are really like a lot more people that have experienced like this level of discrimination and what do you think one takeaway is for you from like it when you finish this book like what were your thoughts at the end of the book like an initial reaction do you remember I was kind of blown away because again when I read the book I was like afraid because I wasn't sure where I was going to go because it's satire right but I'm just like mm -hmm. I put the book down and I was like wow did I just really read that? Like it was such an adventure, so much going on, and it was very relatable to my own personal life. And so it's like, I was just, I was honestly just blown away. I just talking about it right now is giving me goosebumps. It was like, wow, <laughs> like he really wrote that book for me. Right. So, I mean, I loved it. Right. I feel the same. Like I just can't, I'm pretty sure a lot of people probably felt the same way like you kind of just like close it and it's one of those books where it's just like whoa 
okay, that was a lot. Like it's, I feel like if, especially for people like you and me that read a lot, that was one of those books that could potentially ruin the rest of your reading year. (laughs) Yeah. It was definitely one of those ones where you're just like, all right, I don't want to read anything else. That's it. There's nothing else. to. (laughs) There's nothing else. There's nothing that's going to compare to that crazy book that I just read. It was very, if you could um, compare it to food, it was very fulfilling. Like that's a that's a good term it gave me everything that I needed and I closed the last page and I felt satisfied I I wasn't hungry I wasn't starving like I didn't I didn't question stuff too much it was I felt like Mm -hmm. he gave me just enough to make me full and I love that that's a good way that's a good way to put it I think I felt definitely the same and my mom my mom read this book and she didn't like the ending and I was like no. And I was like, well, it kind of came to a good close. Like, what do you mean you didn't like the ending? She was like, I, I don't know. I didn't like the way it ended. I was kind of mad. And I was like, what? <laughs> I said, not every book can end. Not that it doesn't end on a happy note, but like not every book can end in like a cookie cutter. Hey, we worked this out. Kumbaya. Like, yay. Like it can't, everything can't end like that. I was like, that's not how life works. Like life doesn't always end like the greatest. So she was, but she's a little just like, she was taken aback by some of the things in the story. And like, she was just kind of like, I, yeah, I didn't like the ending. A lot of, I found that a lot of people when he was doing some of his interviews, a lot of people said they didn't like the ending. And I was just kind of like, what? Like, <laughs> I thought it what? worked. I mean, like you right. said, you're not going to get like the very happy ending in every story. I just, I just, right. with everything that went through and what happened in that book, that ending was perfect to me. Right. I think it was a unique way to end the story too, the way it kind of came across. I was just like, oh, okay. And then jumping before we end our conversation, jumping back, I should have talked about this in the beginning of our conversation. But when I first read the opening of the book, I was like, okay, I know I'm about to, this book is about to ruin me. This is going to ruin it. Like I said, this book, the way he wrote that beginning piece, it was so engaging. Mm -hmm. I was like, I couldn't believe like he pulled me in like that. And it was only what, like two, three pages. And I was like, are you serious? Really? Is this what the book is going to be like? Cause I'm never going to put it down. Like I'm going to read it all night long <laughs> until I finish that, that beginning was so different. Yes. Like, um, so I, I remember I read it on a Saturday or I started mm-hmm. on a Saturday and I stopped and I took a picture of where I was standing. I was like, I'm about to start this book and I'm afraid. I'm afraid of where it's gonna take me because not very many books that I read suck you in like that in the very you know the first few pages and that book did and I was just like okay let me buckle in Um, I'm not really sure where this is gonna take me but I can't stop reading right now (laughs) right it was just like one of those and again that's like for people that read a lot of books in like a year or they've just been reading all their life or whatever it may be like those types of books are rare. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not easy to find, especially with all the stuff that's out there. And it's like, anybody can write anything these days. And it just like somehow makes the bestseller list. Like it's very hard to find a book like black book. And I really feel like this is going to be one of those stories that eventually is going to make its way into like a college class or like a high school class. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. There's just so much, it's just like, you could, I feel like you could really spend a whole semester talking about this book. Yeah. I mean, even just the um, multiple conversations he's had on Instagram live and different questions that are being asked and how he's able to dissect it and give you a clear explanation is like, you could totally 
you know, take this into a college class and learn so much. And then it'd be a full semester of black book. Right. I was like, I, this, sometimes I wish like I could just like start becoming a teacher. Cause I would totally try to work this into the, <laughs> into the curriculum. I'd be like, let me uh, talk about, they'd be like, Ashley, you talked about the book for the last three years. I'm like, I'm going to still keep talking about it. And so right. Put into the, into the curriculum because this is an important one. They'd be like, okay. <laughs> it's definitely one of those books. Well, before we end, I just want to say Thank you for coming on and hashing this story out with me. I It's one of those books where it's like really, really hard to dive deep into it because we'll give too much away. Right. I agree. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. So I have one more surprise for you guys today. If you're still hanging in there with us. Um, I actually have been following Mateo online um, just through Instagram and uh, things like that and just keeping tabs on what he's been doing because like I mentioned earlier with Anna he's just so accessible to his readers and his audience so um, that's really not something that's very um, what's the word I'm looking for something that's very consistent with a lot of authors a lot of authors like you don't especially when they're a debut author you don't really see too much of them in the way that Mateo has been very present so I took a whim here went out on a whim and um is that the saying is it went out on a whim I think it's went out on a limb whatever don't quote me on that but um I took a chance and I reached out to him via uh Instagram yep I slid into those DMs and I asked him if he would be interested in coming on to the podcast not as a live conversation but just to come on and record a response to a question that I had for him so he was kind enough to say yes and he recorded a little blurb just answering my question which was if there was one thing that you would want readers to take away from your book what would it be and why and i'm going to play that recording for you ah this is a tough one if there was one takeaway i'd want readers to walk away with after they finish black buck what would it be and why well it depends on the reader for my black and brown readers, especially those who have been the resident other, one of the few or the only one in an environment, um, which could be the workplace, an institution of higher learning, a religious organization, a sports team, or a myriad of other places, I want them to know that they should never, ever be made to feel less than just because they're different. And I also want them to know that they deserve the same shot just as, what, just as much as everyone else has to chase success and in some cases achieve it. For my non-black or brown readers and especially for white readers, um, I thank them for reading the book and I want them to self-interrogate. I want them to um, be courageous and be honest and say, what is my role in this narrative? And then extrapolate that to the greater narrative of the United States and the even broader narrative of the world. Who am I in this story? And how am I or am I not being a true ally beyond performing on social media, beyond performing in one-on-one -on -one interactions? But how am I changing myself so that I can change the world for the better? So those would be uh, just a, a couple different takeaways, but 
At the end of the day, uh, I want to thank everyone for taking the time to read the book. Um, there are folks who read the book and see themselves reflected in it. There are folks who read the book and come away with tools um, that they can use to, to better um, themselves in the fight for progress. And I'm just grateful um, because we only have so much time, right? And, and what we give it to matters. I mean, wow, right? I can't even describe to you how excited I was when he first said yes and then sent such a quality and just amazing response to the question. I'm so grateful if he listens to this episode. Thank you again, Mateo, for taking the time out of your, I'm sure, which was a busy schedule and you're still doing events and everything. I appreciate you taking the time to answer my question and send such a great recording of yourself. Um, thank you guys for listening today. Um, like I said, Black Buck uh, can be purchased anywhere really books are sold. Um, I would highly, as I always say, recommend you going to your local bookstore and supporti supporting a small business and buying the book from there. I'm pretty sure they're going to have it. So thank you again for listening and I'll see you next time.